The Weekly Dish podcast is brought to you by Lakewinds Co-op in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield with delivery from Instacart. There's no membership required to shop at Lakewinds. All are welcome. Check out lakewinds.com, and if you can't make it to a Lakewinds, please visit your local food co-op in the neighborhood near you. Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen for The Weekly Dish. And Lakewinds isn't just great natural food. They're also a great resource for recipes and cooking tips. Our listeners can visit lakewinds.com to see videos of local chefs making some of their favorite dishes. You know Chef Yevang, he made duck, showcasing the flavors and techniques of his family's Hmong cooking. And Chef Maurice Wallace demonstrated how his restaurant, Breaking Bread, brings comfort food classics like blackened catfish together with healthy sides, like sweet potato puree, quinoa, and roasted beets. And Chef Austin Bartold prepared a dish that brings local Ojibwe staples like walleye and wild rice with tasty, healthy additions from around the world like ginger and pineapple. And one of my favorites, cookbook author Beth Dooley made a seasonal salad using roasted squash, toasted hazelnuts, and wheat berries. And she baked then a Parmesan crisp made with hazelnut flour. You can learn more about these dishes and the chefs who made them at lakewinds.com slash chef videos. We're in the second hour of our food show here on My Talk 1071. And of course, this is the most special time of the show when we talk about top two in hour two. Give me the old one two. And now the weekly dish presents Top Two, Top Two. The top two. Pick your best two. In hour two. Alright, give me two with it, with it, with it. Alright, so these are the things that we're kind of currently obsessed with or thinking a lot about this week. Do you want to go first? Yes. Mine are all moving things, so I'm sorry in <laughs> advance, but... That's all right. Um, Other people move, too. Yeah. And I. it had been a while since I'd been to the room and board outlet that's oh, on 55. I love that place. It's a socially distant sitch, so you wait in line until they let you in because yep. they meter it out. It is a large area. Apparently, I read that room and board is having, like, gangbuster sales it's a large area full of floor furniture that is in the showroom and damaged furniture, but you can get like some really good deals there. I've gotten a great couple of like side tables yes. and everything else. We I've got loved the things I've got there. Beautiful couch. Um, the other thing is we wanted a tulip table and the they come in glass, marble, wood, whatever. I was looking and I've been looking and they're about $1,200 for this table that I want. And I walked over by this area that had just like glass and marble slabs, just kind of freestanding. Yeah. And there's a $50 tabletop that had a little bit of a ding on it. And the they're very helpful to the guy that was helping me. He goes, yeah, you just put a little white nail polish on that. And he's like, it'll look like brand new. And then he goes, and here, you can buy this table over here, but just use the base of it. Oh, I love that idea. So I ended up getting a table for $250 that looked like the $1,200 table I was going to buy. So that felt really good. Rugs, a lot of kitchen stuff. If you're looking for just like a couple odds and end chairs, dining room chairs, they just, it was great. Great experience. That's awesome. Room and board outlet. It's on 55. It's only open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. I was going to say weekends only. Yeah, I love it. Um, okay, I'm going to say that my first one is uh, risotto, which is just 
stirring on the stove risotto. Like sometimes not even instant pot. No, because instant pot risotto is for quick. Yep. It's for fast. But stovetop risotto is for medicine. Comfort and medicine <laughs> and the whole thing. And here's the thing is like, so Jake and I were walking around our house and we were both in this kind of we were in just piss poor moods. And I was like, you know what? We need comfort. We need to like we need to and it was cold and we were I was like I'm messing with the heater, the boiler and all the things. I was like, I just need something to warm me up and like I need a parka for my gut. You know how I say that. <laughs> I just need to parka up on in my gut. And he was like, Well, I don't you know, like which you know, we kinda went back and forth and I I said, oh, wait, risotto. And then I wanted it and there was no going back. Right. But I didn't have I didn't have arborio rice. I didn't I had stock. I always have stock. Um, And I didn't but I didn't have like mushrooms or anything. You know what I mean? Like I was I was kind of at odds with things. So I found that I did have mushrooms. I bought some dried mushrooms from. Um, United Noodle. Yeah. So I have these black mushrooms that are dried. And I don't know if you guys know this, but do you know, I mean, like, do you ever rehydrate your mushrooms? Yes. Okay. So you don't have, like, I don't, whenever I have mushrooms in the fridge, I feel like they go away before I'm ready to use them. And then I get all sad because they get bad. But the dried mushrooms just sit in your pantry. And all you have to do, put them in some warm water, like an hour before you're starting to cook. And they they basically absorb all the water and they rehydrate and they become fresh mushrooms again. Now, they're a little bit rubberier than normal. And I squeeze them out, you know, once I'm ready for it. But then I just chopped them up and I saute them in the butter and then they start to absorb the butter. And hello, that is OK. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello. But here's the other part is the mushroom, the water that you soaked your mushrooms in. I put that in the chicken stock that I was using to make the risotto, too. So it was like yum. a lot of good things. A lot of there. yums. Yeah, and then I threw in the uh, the pulled pork that I'd made on Sunday. So just it all came together. And that was a, it was like a, I was like, wow, this is really good. And I thought, I'm going to make a separate container and say it's for my mom. And that way Jake won't eat it. And that way I'll still get some of this as leftovers. <laughs> Hiding food from the teenagers. Hiding food. I've because done this. It's like, oh, he won't eat it. If I say for Oma on it, he won't eat it. But. Because he's good and respectful. he loves his Oma, <laughs> but he doesn't love me enough to leave me some leftover. Hilarious. I know. Okay. So what's your second one? Okay. My second one is something I haven't done yet, but I'm going to do. It's this woman. Her name is Michelle Vague, and I knew her from another career. And she changed careers later in life, and she has a company called Neat Little Nest. And she's an organizer. And she organizes pantries and closets. And I was telling you this morning that I have... Like food everywhere, yeah. six million spices. It kind of looks like a disaster in my kitchen, and it's giving me heart palpitations every time I open the cupboard. So I'm like, I just need to call Michelle and have her come out. And have you had her do stuff before? No, but okay. I've watched her on Instagram. Oh, I think we've done something with her before. I think she's been in the magazine. Yeah, and she's really great at it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have her come Help me get this cabinet situation with all the food organized, maybe with my dishes. Can I tell you, that is, I admire that in you, that you are able to do that. I am not able to do that. I have too much control issue. I don't, I think I would get itchy if they were like, well, put this over here. And I'd be like, I don't want to put that over there. You know, like I'm way too controlly in that weird. And I also would take it as a judgment that I couldn't do it. That's, I have these huge issues. Those I'm, are mine. I'm fully understanding. I have a husband that cares about every piece Maybe of furniture it. and detail. I care, but I just, I just want order. I want things to just yeah. come together here. So yeah. I'm going to have her help me. Okay. And she has great tips and she has a decluttering book that's yeah. free on her website. Oh, great. Neat little nest. Oh, this is she's good. From, she's a local lady. Yeah. 
No, I think, like I said, I think we've done things like closets with her before or something. Um, Yeah, she does closets too, pantries, garages. The whole. Yeah, they like maximize your space. They condo it out. Oh, condo it out. So, um, okay, so my second one is a cheese. Shocking. No one (laughs) who knows me and loves me, especially you, who said you wanted to wear a cheese suit and dress up as me for Halloween. Yep. Um, I was going to tell you that I basically made... Every day I eat, I have cheese happy hour every single day of my life, which is, you know, bef- like after lunch, but not before, you know, like maybe I'm starting to think about what I'm going to make for dinner. And then I eat like little pieces of cheese with sometimes a little prosciutto and a trisket. That's cheese happy hour. Right. But I realize that we're in this sort of impending cold and doom and everyone's like so mad at the snow. I don't mind. And especially if you have enough cheese in the house, everything's fine. With cheese. With cheese. And what I'm going to tell you is that if you want a a really good cheese that I've come late to in life, because, of course, you know, we all know and love brie and we all know and love, you know, things like Gouda and stuff. But Havarti is a cheese that I think I didn't really know or care about. It is a good melting cheese, yo. Havarti feels a little out there for me yeah yeah it's not strong that's the thing it's not strong it's not it's a creamy cheese but it comes together in a kind of a mellow way and so that has become when i'm doing a piece of toast i throw salami on it and then i put the big i put some i put like four slices of Bavardi on top <laughs> it's really a cheese sandwich with like like an adornment of salami kind of a thing but like under the broiler and so open faced and under the broiler and just letting it kind of melt down. It's, it's perfect and it doesn't overwhelm. And here's the thing about like American cheese, like white American. I'm not mad at that either. Like if you're doing a grilled cheese, sure. But that gets to me too, like cloying. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. You know, like sometimes you get in there and you're like, Ooh, this is really processy tasting. You got some cheese issues. Yeah, I have. I I mean, I've got all the cheese love, but um, I just, that was the thing. So Havarti, if you're looking for a really good melty cheese and one that maybe you wouldn't think to pick up for like your grilled cheese sandwiches, it's also a great mix. Like, so I put Havarti and I put Munster together. And I think those two, along with a, a good slab of prosciutto in there on my sandwiches. And then I throw these microgreens, which are local, these arugula microgreens, and yep. it is delicious. Okay. So, so there it's it is. Havarti. And, and I wanted to tell you that, oh, and I posted this on Instagram, this picture. I had some cute friends pop in and say, uh, Lunds and Byerly's specialty cheeses are all 25% off right now. Oh, okay. I know. I was really excited that they, two people came on to my thing and said, from 1022 to 1028, 25% off all specialty cheeses in the deli. Okay. So there you go. We need to know about that. Right. That's what I'm saying. All right. So there we go, you guys. Those are our top twos in hour two. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. I'm excited about your next segment. Okay. About brown butter. We'll be right back. This is the weekly dish on my talk 1071. Hey everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota. You know what? Food brings out the passion in people. And people love to talk about food. And so why wouldn't we talk about the people and to the people who are growing our food? We have an opportunity, you guys. Common Ground Minnesota on Facebook is a place where women 
farmers are able to answer your questions about the food scene and the way that they grow food. They are ready to engage. They just want to talk about how they grow food, what they think about why they grow food, and all the things that have to do with the way that your family is eating local foods and what they're growing. Remember that you always have an opportunity to check in and chat with Farmers in Minnesota at Common Ground Minnesota. It's right on Facebook. It's on Instagram. You can check them out on Common Ground, M-I-N-N. They're ready to answer any and all of your questions. Papa, don't preach. <laughs> Please don't preach. that song. Do you really? Yes. Um, I was with some people and we talked about how, this is just a sidebar, they had thrown an 80s prom and it was so great. And I was thinking, oh my God, like Jake, the C class of 2021, they're the only kids who are not going to have had a prom because the junior, the people who graduated last year, they had junior prom. Right. So this class didn't get junior or senior prom. I'm like, this will affect him forever. And not in the way that like, like they'll just have proms. They're no going to be Romy doing prom Michelle's. parties for yeah. like Gen Z will be hosting prom parties like for their 20th and 30th and 40th birthdays because they'll it's the ghost of never having had prom. That's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Life in times of COVID, right? Yes. yes. Okay, here is Last week, you got me thinking, I don't know what we were talking yeah, about. Oh, it was squash. But we were talking about squash. I think it, yeah. And then we were talking with Patrice Johnson about sage and frying sage. And she said she was frying sage leaves and eating it like popcorn. Yep. Which got me to think about the deliciousness of brown butter. So brown butter is basically taking a stick of butter and cooking it slowly over low heat so that the what are called milk solids yep. rise to the top of the butter and you like scrape that part off, the white foamy part, and you're left with a nutty, sweet, brown butter. Yeah. And what you do with this butter is you can use it for all kinds of things. You can use it for sugar cookies. You can make like brown butter sugar cookies. You can make a sauce for pasta, brown butter pasta sauce. You can make roasted vegetables. You can do all kinds of things with brown butter. So I just thought it was interesting to talk about brown butter for a minute because I never do it, but when I do it, I'm like, why don't I do this all the time? Yeah. Because it's so delicious and you can save it. You can freeze it. Yeah. You can put it in your refrigerator. It's, so Yeah, it's, it is. So it's ghee. If you ever know ghee, yep. you know, ghee is clarified butter. What you're just doing with this is you're browning your clarified butter. And that's what I think is so great is that the browning, the caramelization of it, of the fats is what's really yummy in there. He, here's, and why don't we? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We just don't do it enough. Here's another thing, too. Um, <clears throat> this person that made this recipe she doesn't so some people strain the brown butter to get all the like bits of brown and the flecks out of it outside mm-hmm. of just skimming off the foam she doesn't yeah. i don't do that I've that's never too strained much work it, no um but you can use uh brown butter in hot buttered rums you can mm-hmm. use it to make a cinnamon roll topping or a topping for biscuits mm-hmm. so once you get the brown butter going, I was thinking about all the deliciousness um, that you could do with the brown butter. Just even think about like roasting carrots and yes. having a brown butter on top of the roasted carrots. So if you use brown butter, you mix it with some Dijon and a little bit of vinegar and you have like this brown buttery vinegary sauce that is delicious on carrots or any roast vegetables. Yeah. 
So I'm going to post this. It's okay. called brown butter vinaigrette. So that's one thing you can do. Okay. The other way that I like to use brown butter is on prepared squash raviolis. Mm. God, yes. Now you can buy them. And apparently I did a little research here. They say that Costco has delicious squash raviolis that are already prepared. Their brand is Rana, R-A-N-A. Have you had these before? I don't I don't think so. They score extremely high on um, the rankings of frozen and refrigerated squashes. Okay. Um, another uh, squash ravioli tip here that you can make from scratch came from Tasty. And here's what it is. You love them. I do. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I never thought of this. So they make a fresh pasta with flour, eggs, and olive oil. And yeah. they roll that out. Yeah. Then they do the squash filling. Yeah. Then they use um, ice cube trays. So they lay the sheet of pasta over the ice cube tray. Which is when you have ravioli makers, they look like that. Okay. Yeah. And then they fill it with a scoop of the squash filling and then lay another sheet of pasta on top. Flip it over and like then cut around the cubes. I don't. Okay. I just, I don't know. Why do you need that? Can't you just have it laying down and then pop you can, your own? But, you know, for people like, a, like me that don't make fresh pasta, it seems kind of like it'd be but, challenging. But the ice cube maker thing seems easy. It has nothing. There's like, that's <laughs> not. It's actually adding a step you don't need, which is so weird to me. Like, why? Like, instead of laying it on top of this ice cube tray, you just lay it on the table. Same, same effort. And you just plop it into squares and then you lay your thing over and you cut around it. Like, I don't even understand what that does to make it better. I don't know, but it looked really good okay. on the tasty video. I, I Stephanie. hear you. I'm just, it's just like to me as and someone who makes video. I make a lot of ravioli. I a don't. Lot. But oh, I, it look. doesn't. I'm watching her. I'm watching her do it. it the tasty video. It looks so good. It do, oh okay. So it's giving it maybe a more uniform. It has a little pocket. A little, and then you put the pasta on top, and then you press it down, okay. and then you flip it over. Yeah, and you have all these perfect little ravioli pillows. Okay, and you still need a ravioli cutter. Yeah, you well, you you don't have to make or a it pizza cutter. Yeah, you just yeah. need a knife. You don't have to make it that fluty thing, but you but do look, want to press it. Okay, but so yeah, I'm it looks put this delicious. Video up, and you guys are going to be like, "Oh my gosh, I can do this!" This is lovely. I mean, I yeah, and I mean, I make ravioli. Every all winter long. And I only started doing that like two years ago. Do you make it from scratch? Yeah. Oh, see, I've never made it from it, scratch. Because I got into the dumpling thing where I was doing well, the I dumplings. Do, I've used wonton wrappers and that works too. Yeah, it does. It does. But the, the recipe for fresh dough that I have, which is just off of Bon Appetit, and it is so simple and it is flawless. And I use it to make my lasagna sheets. I use it to make my ravioli sheets. You better sheets. put that up. I better put that up. I'll I find it. that. Yeah, um, it's it, it's it literally is like four things. That's it. And so that's okay, it's the easiest thing you can do. Here is um one more just easy recipe idea for brown butter. Okay. And it's basically just pasta, the brown butter, parmesan cheese and sage leaves and you fry the sage leaves in the butter. I have eaten more sage in this last <laughs> week than I think in like it went into my risotto. It went into like we were just talking yeah, about it, it and literally like, oh. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. Here's the other thing too. I when in moving, I found a bunch of cans of clams. Yeah. That I don't even know why I had them, but I was like, "Oh, I haven't because made clams." Because when you sauce want a, a vongole, 
when you want is like, that what it's called? Yeah, pa- clam fettuccine is called vongole. Okay. So oh yeah, just with butter. Uh, you saw that, and I was like, now I want clam pasta. Sage, rosemary. I had all these dried spices from my garden. I just threw them all in there. Bunch of garlic. It was this our is, first meal in our new house, and it was perfect. Literally, at this point in time, this is so clear that this is the potato. We're in the potato phase, which means... <laughs> really? Yes. We want a parka for our gut? We want a parka <laughs> up on the guts, because I made potatoes this week. I never make potatoes, but I've made potatoes in like a pan, I made fish and potatoes. And I was like, your vongole pasta looked so good, I started craving it immediately. Uh, I tweeted about a bologna sandwich during the debate, and then I was like, now I want a bologna sandwich. So like, we're gearing up with My the body carbs, is friends. being like, girlfriend, it's time to pad up. Let's go. <laughs> you need your extra layer. I need my Eskimo. Yep. I know. So, all right. There so, it is. make brown butter, friends. It's yeah. not as hard as you think, and no. it's very versatile, and you can refrigerate it or freeze it you and use let, it for lots of you things. You can let it sit out, too, because if it doesn't have the milk solids in it anymore, like ghee can sit out, you know, and oh, just yeah, be fine on your counter. I made popcorn with ghee last night, by the way. I do like ghee. I know. It's pretty good. Um, can I quickly ask about your uh, the the brown butter thing? Um, have you baked with it? Have you done it? Have you baked with it no, before? No, not in a. But you can in cookies. Yeah, that's what I was wondering if it was something that was. Um, we still, yeah. If it was something that you had done before with the no. cookies, because I, I mean, I've always used it as an adornment, and I've never used it. I was just wondering if it had any differences because the solids are different. You know what I mean? Yes, like, like in terms if, of the in texture the baking, of the, yeah. If that has a difference to it. I don't know, but I think a brown butter sugar cookie sounds pretty fantastic. I know. And I'm wondering if that is something that, like, if you was, I was thinking, would it be something you put on top or is it something that in there? They bake with it. They did. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. There we go. Brown butter. Brown butter. Make some, enjoy some. And tweet us your pictures of your brown butter and your food that you made with the brown butter because we always like that too. True, true. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Uh, thanks for hanging with us. By the way, if you guys miss any of our, you know, beautiful words and all the love, you can always find us on the podcast because we are podcastable. That's for sure. Wherever you find podcasts, Podcast One, dial it down. Uh, we have on the line, we're being joined right now by Mr. Mike Brown of Travail. Are you there, friend? Hello. Chef, good Hello. morning. <laughs> Sounds like we got Jules out, and uh, maybe another yeah. Javi. Is are, are they there? Uh, yeah, I got Javi with me right now. We're uh, just getting done putting the boat away here. Yeah. Snow came early this year. What? <laughs> it did. <laughs> <laughs> that was a surprise. Yeah. So, actually, tell us how did that affect? How did this week affect you guys at Pig Ate My Pizza? Was it? A, I did see some snowmen being built on your patio. Yeah, we made a little piggy snowman. <laughs> yeah, and it was fun. We had, uh, you know, the patio had to get shut down a little early this year, but we decided to put up another tent. So it's basically a renaissance fair all all winter, it looks like. <laughs> so you put the tent over the patio? Pretty much. And, and what yep. are people doing with tents? Are they enclosed? Do you put heaters well, in them? Are they just covering? They're Basically, they're just, they're, well, we put temporary heaters in them right now, but we have a, a big heater just got hooked up. 
It's actually hooked up to the restaurant's gas line. So it's kind of a... I'm talking... Hey, I'm on the radio, you know? Hey, man. Hey, Dad. These kids, man, I swear, they... If you if you thought you had any time before, yeah, no, you are speaking to every parent right now. <laughs> Seriously, no, he's excited though. He's gonna we're heading to pig here in about half an hour. We're having our um, harvest fest and we're releasing the uh, the the famous Willie Chonka beer that we've brewed. Yeah, today. tell us about that. What's Fan that favorite? What's that beer all about? Because you guys are doing more of those, right? Yeah, well, this is this is the one. This is the big second release of the the Willie Chonka, and it's basically one of those beers where um, it's a it's a, a big, heavy, heavily fruited uh, sour, and everybody's loving it. And the reality is, is it sells out in about four hours. So this year we did this time we did a little uh, pre-sale on it, so that you could get like a reservation to come and get it. And we got some live music. It's going to go from like twelve to eight so. outside. Yeah, yeah, kind of an Oktoberfest spin, I guess. It's got we've got some like, uh, you know, some some kraut and and you know pizzas and stuff like that that are going to go out at the same time. Can people come and just pop by, or did you have to do reservations and tickets already? Well, it's best to reserve, but if we have spots, obviously we can do the old, you know, make the reservation when you get there. Okay, I think it's going to be about fifty fifty. So okay. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, I mean, people from my hometown down in Prior Lake and Savage—they're—they're they're even stopping by for this one, and they like to, you know, it's going to be a, a balmy 35 degrees today. So, <laughs> Mike fun. Brown, can I ask you? So, you had the distinction of being on our radio show the day that the governor <laughs> shut down restaurants, and yeah, you were supposed to have opened, you know, Travail 2.0, and I'm not going to hopefully embarrass you by just saying you were basically crying when this all happened yeah, and it was, it was a it was literally like i think it was two days after i had had let 90 people go yeah in and one group. that was a weekly and, dish moment um, that will always stick in my mind how are things just generally as you move forward are you trying to keep the patios open are people coming inside are you having to pivot and go back to some pantry and pre-prepared items well um, it's kind of crazy because it's just been this big giant pivot fest for the last seven and eight months. You yep. know, it's like you you go from takeout only to partial patio to partial inside, and but then you also have you know you have to kind of gauge it with your employees. Like, do your employees want people to be inside? Do they feel safe working? And then there's the gauge of like, do you, in the beginning it's like, do people feel safe like being inside? And I think. <clears throat> we've kind of been conditioning ourselves through the patio season to get to a point where I feel like people, you know, I'm a, I would say a majority of people probably feel safe coming into restaurants at this point. Right. Like as long as it's socially distanced and it's not something where like people are piling up at a bar and they have their own space. Yeah. And uh, you know, we have these uh, hydroxyl generators, which everybody's got their own little thing that they're doing to kind of cleanse the air. Yep. And, uh, you know, obviously the sanitation programs have like stepped up like 150 times. So um, it's, it's, it's everybody aware. Right. And I think it's the, uh, the guest is now aware. I think the employees are feeling better about it and um, we're, we're moving people inside. Travail just uh, pulled the trigger on that about two weeks ago and uh, Piggy, my pizza is going to do it. Uh, sometime middle of next week, we're going to have a small amount of the inside open as well. 
And it's like you're running like four separate restaurants because if you just have a takeout <laughs> restaurant, that's one strategy. Yeah. You know, I then people, I keep telling people that I feel like I'm running a like I'm on a TV show or something you like are. A nightmares. Survivor. Like, like I'm running someone else's <laughs> restaurant. You're like, all right, here's the deal. You just built a building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you just finished a brew pub. Yeah. And you can only do 50 percent. And you can do takeout. It's like, all right, here's these boxes you have to fit everything into and still pay, you know, pay your bills. Yeah. And make sure that people are, are being paid and make sure you're still putting out a good product. So, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a quagmire at first, but then eventually, just like everyone else in the whole rest of the world, you kind of find a way through it. Right. And so one of the things that I think is interesting is you guys are really sort of the edge of fine dining. I mean, you guys are sort of the standard setters at this point in town for doing really intricate, beautiful, innovative food. And how has that, because, you know, you and I had talked and at one point you're like, can, will people even come out for that? But you've started selling tickets to the inside stuff, I think as of yesterday. Mm -hmm. So how, what are you finding with that? Um, it's a great response. We've had about a week and a half now of uh, people coming in to uh, more of a fine dining aspect of what we used to do. Um, the actual, so the upstairs of Travail is called Flight Club because it feels like you're like upstairs, like up in, and where it's kind of flight themed with cocktails with uh, Nathaniel Smith. But the main level is called um, A New Hope. And it's obviously a take from the Star Wars first <laughs> film, but um, it's, it, it it was weird. It, like it just came to us because it was like, all right, what is the theme of that movie? And it is like it, this is this one. Like here's a glimmer of hope from what was once uh, a very uh, uh, you know standard like practice of fine dining or standard practice of restaurants, which has been completely destroyed, obliviated, not that can't even re- resemble what it used to be because of you know the restrictions and what's happened with the pandemic. But then it's like, well, here. Here's we're gonna try to do some fine dining here, and this is our new hope. We're gonna we're, we feel like we're ready to do this. We feel like everybody else is ready to do this, and we're gonna serve 18 people a night, and we're gonna try to have a blast in here while everybody's social socially distanced and and uh, bring that fine dining edge back to what we do. So yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. I mean, it, it like I said, it, it it's like the tenth pivot we've made. Yeah, right. <laughs> since since it's all started, so. So it's and so going forward, do you think that I mean, do you think that this is the year we're all just going to have to hunker down and get through the winter and then potentially things are going to change yeah. next spring or right. next fall? What's your prediction? Um, I don't know. I'm kind of banking off, you know, the you, you hear Google and Amazon and Target say they're going to have everybody back in back in the office sometime in July or August, which means there's probably going to be some sort of vaccine of some sort in the late spring that'll be in full effect and have taken effect i mean i would think that maybe if if that's the case major league baseball is going to be like hey july we're going to let everybody come in again or and i'm I'm hoping for that i'm hoping from what i'm seeing with the writing on the wall i'm hoping that july august of next year it'll be like all right everyone can do what you do there'll be some precautionary things that everybody has to has to keep in mind but you know it's just to be honest it's going to be a long haul until then yeah right like Let's let's be honest with you. That's that's nine months away. Right. And, uh, traditionally in Minnesota, the, the winter months of January and February are the two roughest months that any restaurant has to go through. It's something you got to get through. Well, the restaurants have been having to get through everything so far with what's happening. So, 
don't know. I just keep telling people, like, you know, if, if you like some of these, you know, some of these restaurants that are trying to give you just a little bit extra service or, you know, that were more on the fine dining edge or more of just a, a higher service edge, it's time to buy in. Yeah. Like, even if, even if you don't want to go into that restaurant because you don't feel safe, don't force yourself to, to, to cross that threshold. But I guarantee you every one of those restaurants has a takeout option that you can you can purchase. And honestly, like, even if that's not your deal, that's the buy-in, right? Like, yeah. ah, I really don't like doing takeout, but you know what? I kind of want this restaurant to survive, you know? Right. And, and um, that's, that's the way. Like, I'm just telling everybody, like, right now is the time you got to buy in. You got to buy in until the spring hits so we can get our patios back open. Right. Do you think it's better to do that than, than to do gift cards? I know people want to buy gift cards, but I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing to do. Is it? or? Well, I mean, it's, you know, and it, 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 that's one of those things that isn't six of one, you know, half dozen of another. It's, you know, that's, it, yes, it, it helps in, in the immediate moment, but, you know, that's going to catch up. If yeah, that's, that's what, what I worry of, about. If, that's whatever, if you're, a lot of your revenue is coming in, that's, you, know, you, you can't, you know, take from Peter to pay Paul too much, you know, when it right. comes to, like, gift cards. So I, I would say the best thing you can possibly do is just, you know, purchase purchase food from any of your restaurants in whatever comfortable, however comfortable you feel with either dining inside or dining outside in a heated tent or just getting pickup, you know, like every one of our restaurants has those options pretty much, you know, it's like, this is, this is how you can support. And I think that any restaurant that's, that's trying, you know, to get through this, they, they pretty much have all these options too. So, um, I don't know. That's, that's, that's the message that I really like to try to like push forward on everyone. Like, how can we help? Are you guys doing okay? And I said, you know, yeah, we're going to be fine, but you know what? Like just as a group, me feeling like the group mentality of the restaurant world and the industry right now, just, just pick. And I know you can't support everybody, but just, <laughs> you know, yeah. just pick the ones that you, that you know that you want to keep because those are the ones that everybody needs. Everybody needs that. And if that happens in every, Every uh, restaurant community, I think we're going to have a much better chance of not losing another 20 to 30 percent of the restaurants after the spring. Agreed. So. Agreed. All right. Well, thanks so much for being on today, Mike. And yeah, you're like our canary yeah. in the coal mine. I know. Mine. You're, yeah, yeah, we're like, <laughs> please don't say that. I love you guys. I love you guys. Man, that got dark at the end. Well, I know. Hey, come we're going to lift it up and say us. that you really can awesome, still... <laughs> you can still get reservations, right, for like Flight Club and all the rest. Yeah, so all these reservations are online. I and, put a um, link up. You did. Okay. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah, and you can buy all of our takeout online and, you know, Piggy My Pizzas. And get a hoagie from Piggy My Pizza. Pizza. That's all I'm going to say about that. Oh, my God. It's so good. The hoagies yeah. were dead. Get over to Piggy My Pizza today. You'll see me. I'll be hanging out drinking beer with the fam. So. All right. All right. Well, say hi to Javi and Jules for us, and we'll uh, we'll talk at you hey, later. Hey, Javi. Say hello. Hello, Mommy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Wrong Mommy. Oops. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for hanging with us today. It's been kind of a fun day. Yes. I think we've had a lot of great things and we've covered a lot of topics. My moral of the story is just to keep on keeping on into the cold and into yeah. the comfort of everything. I don't know. What about you? Do you have a moral of the story? We don't really do that anymore. Well, I think my moral of the story kind of swings back to Mike Brown. And just, you know, that day when he was on and it was so just a gut punch. Yeah. And yet he's out there, he's swinging, he's reinventing. What a resilient, amazing community yeah. of people. Yeah. 
And, you know, I extend this too to like the farmers, the makers, the restaurateurs, the people that would be having holiday markets, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be different, but we're going to get through it. It's going to have some carnage, but you know, yeah. I just, I feel more positive the longer we're in it, the more innovation I've been seeing. And it's really, you know, just talking to people on the makers podcast too, just how they are like continuing on. Yeah. And That's kind of why we did the restaurant issue. If you pick up on newsstands, uh, I think it should be this week. If it's not there already, the Minneapolis St. Paul magazine, we did the restaurant issue because we didn't want to do a best new, like we normally do because yep. it felt very strange to say like, okay, well only six things really open and they're the best. Right. And, and we didn't, we haven't gone to restaurants like we, like we normally would in order to review them yep. to give them the true, you know, kind of moniker of best of, but we wanted to honor the fact that everything is new. And so if you go through that, that package, it's really about like the takeout windows, right? That is a new thing that we haven't had before. So we want to honor that. That's a pivot. You know what Travail is doing. They're in there because of their marketplace. And the fact that they're supporting farmers and makers and people who are lost their restaurant accounts, yep. you know, by giving them a place to, uh, to, you know, to connect with consumers. And so, you know, in the meal kits and all that kind of stuff, we felt like if we don't like recognize and honor that as a new part of our restaurant industry, then we're not really we're not really honoring the restaurant. industry. Right. So. Right. We really wanted to do that, and I hope you guys pick up that issue. It's a really, I think it was a really thoughtful way of of kind of attaching to those places. But then we also have a great article in there about Dunord. Um, you know, Chris Montana mm-hmm. and and um, Chanel were on our radio, of course, not too long after yep. the unrest. But this was a really great, and this was, I, I realized that, like, the time, the difference, the space of time between that and then, like, talking to someone, like, six months later is really interesting perspectives you know you kind of let it's the trauma is a little bit loose and your uh, your perspective is there a little bit better and the story that he told to dara and that she wrote out it was just it was just beautiful it's a great story yeah she's a she's good at being able to capture those stories too yeah um couple of quick things uh housekeeping things you can also get the rana squash ravioli at hyvee and lunds okay so that would be by release too and then stephanie made me aware of this fresh pasta woman um, Rachel's pasta mm-hmm. that is a cottage kitchen and she has fresh pasta menus posted. You can find her at Rachel's pasta I on might, Instagram. We might try to have her on yeah, in the next couple months because balls. the cottage, and that was another thing in the November issue. There's a great story about cottage food law, you know, and how that has really allowed people to sort of innovate and sell food from home. Yeah. She's from one Instagram. Of them. Yeah. From Instagram. And things. she posts these menus on Wednesdays. And let me tell you, you have to jump on that stuff because I still have some nettles, uh, fettuccine in my freezer that I froze. Cause I was like, okay, God, I got to because I don't think I'm yeah. going to be able to get it again for a while. But it's a and then she delivers it to your house on Sundays. Yeah. Perfect timing. Um, we also had a question that came in the from the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. Is there a list of places for takeout slash curbside of frozen meals that you just reheat? And a couple of things. Uh, Nosh and Gather is a, another cottage business and they're doing heat and eat meals. I would also like Lakewinds and other grocery have really expanded their frozen section because they know that this is how a lot of folks are eating. So like Lakewinds has not only soups and stews, but pastas and macaroni and cheese and meatloaf and things 
that you can pick up that are frozen that you can heat. Yeah. Um, one other, uh, thing that I was going to say, well, can I quickly tell you that yeah. Ann Kim has just launched frozen pizzas frozen pizza. Yeah. So that is a wonderful thing. You can go to Lola and pick up a bunch of frozen pizzas and stick those in your fridge for when you, your freezer. And you call the restaurant directly or order those online mm-hmm. and they're real sweet. So that Korean pizza that I love from Ann Kim's pizzeria. Lady Lola, Zaza. Yeah. You can get that, uh, in a frozen version. Oh, your Nash and Gather is really cute. Yeah. She does a great job. She's a caterer. So that's uh-huh. nice. But also remember let's dish. I mean, let's dish yes, is a thing for that, sure. that's a frozen meal thing where you can basically go in and look and see what you want to pick. And those are frozen packs that just stick in your freezer. Yep. Actually, I had a friend who was, uh, who got hit with the COVID and I was thinking I'm going to make her a meal, but I knew that I couldn't get to the grocery store and all this stuff. I just pulled out one of those let's dish packs and I whipped it up and then I brought it to her. Great. Left it on her front step. So those that was a perfect timing thing for that. That's a cure for COVID is somebody bringing you food. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it definitely helps, I think. Um, hey, I wanted to also shout out, and I'll probably shout out this next week as well, but Stinson Wine, you know, uh, in Northeast, they are doing a very, very cool thing. They are having a wine sale from November 1st. Starts November 1st, and it goes that whole week. Um, and they are giving 100% of the profits to Minnesota Central Kitchen. Oh, so they have 15% off wines. So, and then they're going to say, and then they're going to give 100% of their profits from that to the Minnesota Central Kitchen. That's amazing. Which of course is the great, uh, you know, clearinghouse where all the food is getting donated and the child girls team. And are they still kind of running that kitchen? Yeah. And, I yeah. mean, like it, there's a lot of stuff, but they're basically kind of running it so that, cause there's no one's doing big events, you know, and so we have so much food insecurity still. Yeah. And they're basically making it so that they're preparing the meals that so loaves and fishes who you're going to hear a little bit about them later uh, in a couple weeks but they are basically I mean loaves and fishes you guys they have 30 locations that you can just drive up and get a hot meal if you can't afford it and like that's the thing that's killing you this week and you're like oh your bills are tight just think go grab a hot fresh meal they don't you don't have a limit of how many you can get like if you want to feed your whole family you just go you drive up and you say hey I need four meals and they'll give you four meals and then you drive away and you can do that every day if you need to the Minneapolis Public Schools too is still doing the meal boxes I watched they they had a segment that aired on Good Morning America of all things when I was visiting my dad's house just um, really complete boxes for the whole family and for kids to have breakfast, lunches, and dinner. So if you are food insecure and you you can reach out to me at Stephanie's Dish, Steph March at, at Steph March. Yep. And, and we, we have, can give you some resources. Yeah. And actually, I should repost that blog again that had all the resources, like all the places you can go and all the links. And the big thing, you guys, is remember that if you at all feel like, you know, any sort of embarrassment from it or anything, don't. Because everybody is in this and, and there's a lot of tough times that happen suddenly to people. They don't expect it. Their furnaces go out. They have a sick loved one. All of a sudden, everything's tight. It's OK to go get help. So we just want to leave you with that. It is okay to get help and reach out. Yeah, there you go. All right, everybody, have sign a great... Sign up for our recipes, too. Yeah, sign up for the recipe swap. All right, we'll see you guys. Ciao, ciao.